0: Welcome to Living the Blues. This is Blues and Culture here on WEBS and the E.B. Smith Project. We're here today with Dr. Frederick D. Harris. He's an internalist at the Cleveland Clinic. What is, uh, Doctor, what is the, uh, what is an internalist? Because I think, I don't think everybody knows. I don't really know, myself for sure. Yeah,
1: well, it's a great question. You would think the whole world would know. They actually should know. Um, everybody kind of know what a pediatrician is um, a pediatrician kind of takes you up to an 18 mm-hmm. and after that you see what we call an adult specialist that's what an internist is he's an adult specialist he treats everything he's, he's your advocate he's your quarterback He make sure that you're doing preventive things if you're sick you see him if you go in the hospital you see him so your internist is your everything is your everything that's your adult specialist okay if you need to see a specialist you make sure that you see the right specialist so he does all of your paperwork you know if you're off work or you got a cold or you're losing weight and you need to figure out why he's your diagnostician your intern is is your everything as far as an adult specialist as opposed to family practitioner a you know, family practitioner does a little bit of pediatrics or you see kids and adults in the office Okay. But as an internist, you only see adults. Okay. We spend three years doing strictly adult medicine, going through all the subspecialties, whereas the family practitioner, he only spends about a third of that time with us in the adult thing. So we are truly the adult specialists. If a family practitioner, for example, have a problem with a patient with diabetes or hypertension, a lot of times he will refer them to an internist. He is the absolute specialist when it comes to the, uh, the adult okay is that now in
0: how what, what age do you is eight, that like a senior do we, we also just, deal with seniors or they just go to a certain eight, age
1: 18 to death. Eight, okay. 18 to deaf, okay. Yes, sir. okay so yes, we started 18 and going up some even started 16.
0: okay mm-hmm. okay now where did you uh, go to doctor where did you go to school
1: uh case western reserve uh what, 77 what? to 81 mm-hmm. undergrad and then 81 to 85, Case Western Reserve School of Medicine. Right. So right here in Cleveland, Ohio. All right. Are you originally from Cleveland? You- yes. Yes. I was born in Cleveland on a street called Earl Avenue between uh, St. Clair and Superior, right off 105. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. You, you, you went to school in the Cleveland school system, or are you?
1: Yes. From uh, zero to fifth grade, uh, kindergarten to fifth grade, I went to a school called Columbus, right oh, there right. off 105. And then once we, we moved, uh, my father moved his family to East Cleveland when we were in the fifth grade. And then I went to uh, I went to the East Cleveland schools all the way up through Shaw, where I was by the Victorian of Shaw High School in 1977. Okay.
0: So you, you played in the Shaw High School band. We talked about that a little bit.
1: Yes. Yes. We played in the marching band. We were, Used to go all over the country yeah. uh, representing Shaw High School. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. What instrument did you play? I played E flat alto saxophone. Oh, yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, sir.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what What, what did you see as some of the major problems uh, with African Americans as far as medical that you had to come to you? As you
1: say, Uh, well, I'm a hypertensive and diabetes specialist because those are most of our problems. Uh, Hypertension mainly a problem because it's silent; it's a silent killer, we call it. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people have the disease and don't even know they have it. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say, just getting in to see the physician is half the battle. You Mm -hmm. know, just get in, get some vital signs, see where you're living at, see where your numbers at. You know, know your numbers. You know, Mm -hmm. blood pressure. Are you diabetic? You know, do you have other concerns? What's your cholesterol? What's your weight? What's your BMI? It's your body mass index—a certain weight for a given height. Mm-hmm. And 30, for example, is considered obese. So we should be under 30. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, just maintenance of, uh, of of your health, especially as you get older.
0: What uh, when you when you're when you're seeing patients? Mm-hmm. What age do you see? I, I know now you see a lot of obese children, overweight mm-hmm. children, you know, 18 and up, you know. right? What do you see the, most of the problems coming in with African-Americans as far as blood pressure
1: is concerned? Well, the blood pressure, uh, typically, uh, the statistics show that 40% of blacks have high blood pressure. This mm-hmm. is a staggering number, and they've just moved a number. It used to be 140 over 90 was uh, considered the uh, definition of high blood pressure. Mm. They moved moved the target now. It's 130 over 80. So a lot more people, I would say, over 50 percent of the people now are considered hypertensive now because of that lowering of that definition. Why did they Why did they move the number? They had to move the number before the number used to be 140 over 90. And a lot of the people, even when it was 140 over 90, over half the people, even the ones that knew they had the disease, wouldn't uh, be treated uh, adequately. Mm-hmm. Uh, over half of them were uncontrolled, even known hypertensive. Right. The biggest problem is another third of them don't even know they had the disease. Mm-hmm. What they found out, there's a window between that 130 and 140 where some people were still having heart attack and strokes. Mm-hmm. So they had to lower that number to capture more people. Mm-hmm. And it'd be a little bit more aggressive and getting those numbers to goals, where the people would not have, you know, the sequelae, we call high blood pressure, such as heart attack, stroke, and kidney failure. Okay.
0: So that way, you, when you lower the numbers, I guess, well, I'm just guessing, but you mm-hmm. you treat them at an earlier age, you catch them at an earlier age?
1: Or- well, you catch them at an earlier time, you know. Okay. Uh, you know, you, you get them in wherever, whatever age you, we say, get in where they fit in. You get them in there. You get them in the office and see what that number is. the number's are all right, that's fine. But the numbers start to creep up, then you start with lifestyle changes. You know, we don't start automatically with a medicine. People think we do, but we don't. You know, weight loss, you know, diet and so forth. Mm-hmm. We try to do those things initially unless the pressure is exceedingly high. Mm-hmm. And then we only then do we initiate blood pressure therapy. Mm-hmm. What do,
0: do you, how do you, uh, how, how are you with the rankings as far as diabetes and blood pressure is concerned in the country?
1: Oh, yeah. well, the country, there are thing called metrics that they hold all the physicians to. Mm. Uh, the clinic has metrics. University has metrics. Uh, Metro has metrics. So we uh, exceed all of the metrics. Uh, over 95% of the country in hypertension, diabetes, in fact, all the metrics that they keep, Mm -hmm. we exceed. So we are one of the leading offices as far as metrics when it comes to high blood pressure, diabetes, uh, making sure you're on a statin. Uh, In other words, if you are diabetic or have a certain level, Mm -hmm. make sure that you should be taking a certain medicine for a certain illness. Mm -hmm. They they grade us with these things. The metrics that we also are, are... uh, leaders in that had relates to mammograms, we're over 90%. Colonoscopies, which we are uh, almost 95%. These numbers are unheard of, especially in the black community. In fact, any community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When you say, now you say you're using the term metrics, what does that actually mean? Uh, statistics, the statistics. The numbers show that, uh, in other words, out of if I have a 100 patients that should have a colonoscopy, uh, 95% of my patient base have headed okay. 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 So we make sure that they actually have have the test that meets the criterion. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing with the mammogram. We make sure that these are, you know, everybody say health disparities, which is huge, mm-hmm. but it comes down to, you know, having a relationship, being your internist, you know, being a person that knows that other uh, person, and you develop a trust with time. Right. Person, it looks like you, you may open up a little bit better. You may feel a little more comfortable with them in that regard, and it makes a big difference over time. Uh, some mistrust has swept into the situation over the years that we don't do as good with, with other providers for the most part. Mm-hmm. But there's very few of us, so a lot of us just don't get an opportunity to get in and see somebody that looks looks like us. And
0: you're here with us at uh, WEBS. This is Living the Blues. We're here with Dr. Harris. We were talking about trust. And I think that's one of the real important things, especially with African-Americans, because I know from my family, it's finding a doctor you could trust and uh, that we felt comfortable with. And you could go and just believe what they say. Right. You know what I mean? That's you right. ain't got to question every move, every little. Because you, know, you can't yes. do it. You know, as a layman, you just can't do it. You know. So, what do you, what do you think about this
1: idea about trust, stuff? Well, the trust factor is, is so important. Um, I mean, a lot of my patients, for example, they may go to, to another physician and they may uh, want to give them a procedure, and they may come back and say, "Hey, should I have this procedure done?" And you know, we look at it. and and we see if, if it's valid, that they should have it done, that it's going to help them, mm-hmm. uh, that it makes sense, that you know the quality of life is going to be improved, I think it's an important thing. We discuss it. we sit down and discuss it. A lot of times they come back and say, "Hey, they want me to be a part of a study." I say, "No, no. I may look at it and say, "No, I don't think so." I say, "You know it ain't happening, you know mm-hmm. et cetera, because uh, you know we've been through enough studies, You right. know what I mean we've been through, right. and everybody you know. Remembers the Tuskegee experiment, you know, where they injected the, the men with syphilis and just watched them years and years, right. et cetera. So trust is, is very important uh, in our population. Uh, you know, the older generation, for example, they, you know, it's hard to get them in, although we're finally uh, getting to them now. I think they'd handle it a little bit better in terms of getting in, see the physician, and getting things done. Mm-hmm. But for a minute there, you couldn't get them close. To the doctor, because there was a lot of mistrust there, because you know because of the Tuskegee experiment was one big example that looms large in the back of their minds. you know they were experimenting on me, you know why should I take take this medicine you know and so forth and so on. Yeah. Now we tell them we take the medicine because this medicine is going to prevent you from having a stroke or a heart attack, and all my patients you know I, I don 't get no phone calls about no stroke or heart attack, very rare. You know what I'm saying? Very, very, very rare. The people who who I do get a call from, people, you know, either they ran out of the medication or stopped taking it or basically just went on their own thing Mm. or consulted Dr. Google, as we say. Right. You know.
0: Right. Right. And I know it's a lot of people now especially younger people, not the older people. They they consult Doctor Google about everything. Everything.
1: They, everything. Everything, everything they, is in this little handheld thing That's Yeah, right. yeah. That's Googles right. It's, everything is God.
0: Like what yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah. Yes, That's what I like to say is mm-hmm. Google is information. It ain't the truth. That's <laughs> it's right. just information. Right. You know? And uh, and that was one of the things I think <clears throat> uh, when I was I was raised in East Tennessee, one of the things I had was Doctor Davis.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: and he was a family doctor. He's yes. African American. Mm-hmm. And my mother and father trusted him, and I. As a matter of fact, I learned to trust him through that because he helped me with my grandfather when my grandfather was sick. So I like, me, you know. And I had to coach them mm-hmm. to trust him, but he was open, much like yourself. And I find that that's that's mm-hmm. true. It's hard to build that relationship, you know. And and if you go to another doctor, you got to have you, hey, you got to have some trust. You got, they got right. to be a friend. If they ain't no friend, you can't put their life in your hand.
1: That's right. That's you know, right. And as you know, the other aspect of it is education. Now, you, we all teach our kids to get educated. Right. To go to school to be the best. I mean, in, in my medical school class, for example, I, it was only you know, maybe seven out of 130 of us. So we were some of with the, some of the tops in the world. You know, we had uh, other ones came from Ivy League schools. I came from Case, which was considered at that time the Harvard of the Midwest, et cetera. So. Uh, We sent our kids away to get this education. Now we want to take advantage of it. You see what I'm saying? So now we're back in our own community. We want to parlay that back, you know, Mm -hmm. give give back. uh,
0: What what made you want to stay in Cleveland to do your
1: practice? Well, I was born and raised in Cleveland. This is home. uh, Believe it or not, my father told me a long time ago, he was a cement contractor. Cleveland actually best location in the nation, Mm -hmm. you know, for a variety of reasons. I mean, we all know about sports and LeBron and this, that, and the other. And I mean, but we have some of the best medicine here in the world, Uh, whether people know it or not. The Cleveland Clinic, for example, was number one in cardiovascular uh, in the world for the last 25 years in a row. Mm -hmm. But to be able to access all of the subspecialty aspects of care. You know, they put new faces on people. They, you know, they can uh, cut people in half and do this, that, and the other. Almost magical tricks, you would, I would say. You know, mm-hmm. the robotic therapies that they go in with a little microscope through a little hole and take a hernia out, and you leave with just the next day. I mm-hmm. mean, it's some of the things that we're doing are tremendous. Mm-hmm. But you got to be able to access that care. If you can't access that care, that's where. I come in as uh, you know your advocate, mm-hmm. as your intern, as right. your friend. We need to get this done. We need to go over here. We need that done. We need to go over there. We got a guy over here that you got this, you know, we need a full ear transplant you know, right. for hearing. You can't hear. It's that and the other. So we're very rich in these subspecialties, which are unheard of. For example, down south, right, uh, where they have much, much higher. I was looking at this paper here. Uh, much, much higher death rates from, you know, heart disease and things of that nature, where up north we do a lot better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so,
0: actually, what you're saying, and I, I hear you saying that your internalist makes sure that if, you, that if one of his patients has a particular kind of problem,
1: mm-hmm. you,
0: you can access the best.
1: Oh, you're navigating. Sub- yes, right. Specially.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, right. For him to mm-hmm. get that done in the least intrusive way.
1: That's right. Yeah, you want to uh, use that. I mean, I've been practicing for 30 years, you know, so I've got 30 years of watching people do different procedures. So, uh, of course, I'm going to send you to somebody that I would go to. Mm -hmm. See you to the best, period. You know, it may be uh, an insurance issue where I can't go over here. See, in Cleveland, we're best. We got three significant actually more than that uh systems that are very 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 good Mm -hmm. university hospitals as well as metro general in some places would be considered tops and here this is our second and third choice etc so in cleveland we're very 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 rich in medicine and so you know we can make it work with whatever system you're in
0: so actually you as an internist and having Hey, you're able to work in all three major systems here.
1: Yes. Yeah, I have patients that go to Metro to get certain things done. I have some that uh, maybe have a kidney specialist at university, maybe have a uh, heart surgeon, you know, a charity or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. you know, I'm your internist. I don't necessarily direct you to a system, but I direct your care to whatever, you know, if you already got a relationship with someone, I don't really want to disrupt that, you Mm -hmm. know, so if you got a kidney doctor at UH, you you know, he's taking care of you and taking care of his business, I don't have a problem with it, Mm -hmm. you know, but I make sure that even that specialist is doing his job. That's what your internist does. He's he's a checker. Mm -hmm. You check the checker. I say, sometimes patients come back to me, I say, I sent you over there because you had a stomach doctor because you had stomach pain. They come back, well, yeah, we, we got scoped and this, that, and the other, and I still got stomach pain. I say, I had you in front of the stomach doctor. I say, you got to ask him that. You paid him the money, and I sent you over there to get that, that answer, et cetera. So we need to get back in front of him, you know, mm-hmm. et cetera. So you kind of set the stage. I may call that guy and ask him, you know. Uh, what the next step should be, mm-hmm. et cetera. Mm-hmm. So you, you're an advocate. You're an advocate for your patient. You want to make sure that you know, if there's a problem there, we unearth it.
0: Mm-hmm. You make sure everything is clear, right. working like it's supposed to.
1: Clear and concise. Yes. That's right. We're a diagnostician. The number one thing that we need to do, a lot of people don't, is what is the diagnosis? The worst thing I, I hear from a person is that they didn't know what was going on. So you always define the processes. What is going on? This guy's losing mm-hmm. weight, He's spitting up blood, or he may be, you know, defecating blood, you know, whatever. We need to find out why. Once we define out why, then we either go in, we fix it. Is it a hemorrhoid? Is it a polyp? Or is it a low-line rectal cancer? Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? We, we don't know, but we need to put you over to the gastroenterologist. He looks we see something he can't do anything with then I may have to send you over to a colorectal surgeon. That may be the next move. In other words, I'm the one making the moves on the board. We're moving together.
0: Right. We're moving together. And and I think that's not getting too far from the the idea of trust. That's trusting you Mm -hmm. that you know what you're doing. And I got, I'm Sincere about you, so I said, "Well, I got to follow this guy's lead. i right. not trying to question every move. Not that you you, sh- you should have some questions. So, well, why are you doing yeah. this? Why are mm-hmm. you doing it? But not, you know, hey, I'm lit- I'm trusting you to that's help right. me out. And I think that's one of the things. that uh, As African Americans, we really, really, we're getting to, oh, mm-hmm. to that. I think now, but uh, my parents, I know, and my grandparents,
1: it's tough. They, they, yeah, they, they was tough for that's them. Tough for them, man. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, those questions, those questions that, uh, that, that, I mean, the funny thing, some of these guys won't answer your questions. They, right. i act like you're questioning their, their, their expertise or they very being, you know, how dare you? You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. But I actually answer all your questions. Right. You know. Mm-hmm.
0: And here we are with Dr. Harris on WEBS. This is Living the Blues. This is Blues and Culture. Dr., um, we were talking about, uh a few things you got some information in front of you but before we get to that we mm-hmm. talked about that uh, we talked about you doing a little teaching you know and you know what do you when you te- when you say teaching what do you do
1: well we teams? have residents residents of, of all colors um you know that come to the hospital i have a nurse practitioner you may have seen one leaving today you know it's as part of their training they rotate with me mm-hmm. we teach them one-on-one or in the hospital uh, when a person hits the hospital, people may not understand the process. If you you call 911, they take you to the emergency room. But before they take you upstairs, they have to call that person's physician. More than likely, that's going to be an internist or a family practitioner. Mm-hmm. And, and so at, at that night, when that person comes in, mm-hmm. that person needs to set of orders. So if we have a resident, the resident may examine the patient, and then consult with us mm-hmm. about the orders. And we got to put the orders in together and make sure that they're not putting that patient at risk because that responsibility is the attending physician, mm-hmm. not the resident. So we, the teaching start right as that patient is admitted. From that emergency room going up to the floor with that name, you may see on or on, on that badge that comes up, uh, is usually on the, on the arm. Right, That name tag usually has a physician on and nine out of 10 times that's going to be an internist.
0: Yeah. Uh, what is your uh, demographics, your patient
1: demographics? What is Here that? in the office, I would say, well, any, is anybody who comes in the door? Uh, you know, we take your white, uh, the Chinese, I mean, whatever. You know, we don't, you know, we're not prejudiced. Everybody comes in and they're looking for good care. Right. They're looking for good care. And, and this here is the Cleveland Heights neighborhood. We're seeing more and more uh, Caucasian men and women, believe it or not. They, they, they beat the door down just like anybody else to, mm-hmm. to get in here. Unfortunately, we've you know, been practicing a while, 30 years. So the backlog is strong. So it may be six months to get in. So I have an extender or, or Dr. Clark, who's here with me mm-hmm. in the office to help get the patients in. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Now you primarily work out of South Point.
1: South Point and Hillcrest are the two hospitals I'm on staff presently. Mm -hmm. At one point in time, I was on staff at ten different hospitals. And what does
0: that mean? You're on staff.
1: On staff means you can admit patients. Um, And our hospitals varied from I was on staff at University at one point in time, Hillcrest, Huron, South Point, Mount Sinai, Saint Luke's. St. Vincent, St. Vincent uh, Charity, St. John, St. John, West Shore, uh, all the way, you know, it's, uh, you, know, we was, you know, that means you can go in a given hospital, see that patient, mm-hmm. walk in, write orders, you know, uh, and me and as an internist, I, I don't just do regular floor work. I also do, I follow you into the intensive care unit. If we need to go in the intensive care unit, you would still be under me. Mm-hmm. Etc. Not too many do that now. They're divided us into internists that do office work only, and mm-hmm. hospitalists. I'm a little old-fashioned in that regard, in that I still do both. Mm-hmm. It's kind of kind of unheard of uh, mm-hmm. presently.
0: But so you, by you doing both, you primarily at South Point and Hillcrest.
1: So if if my patient goes there, mm-hmm. yes, I can go there and I can see the patients mm-hmm. uh, when they're sick. Mm-hmm. I admit it to my service, I give the orders mm-hmm. and they see the same doctor they, they see in the office, they get to see it in the hospital. And that's kind of a disconnect with the way that the, the medicine is running now because most people, when they go in the hospital, they see an entirely different physician than mm-hmm. they do in the office because mm-hmm. most of them at five o'clock, they're going home. Great.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, I see you have some information right there in front of you we have I know we're we going to get to all of it but right what yeah. are some of the major things you'd like to point out while yeah. we're
1: here it's just uh, health maintenance just general uh, maintenance and when it starts for example uh, mammograms you know for ages women ages 40 and over we do them a- annually you know no discussion about it. every 2 years or i heard somebody do it every 3 years no we do a mammogram at age 40 every year is what, what i do uh, pap smears for women ages 21 to 65 mm-hmm. and, and they're doing that pretty much every three years now in ages 21 to 30 um, the pap smear they're doing now what they call hpv testing they're testing for different viruses and so forth and they do that every five years after age 30. Um the other things that we do that are very important in not only our community, any community is colorectal screening. We start at age 45. It used to be 50, but a lot of people were coming up with colon cancer at age 45. So I start. I'm very aggressive in my screening. Um, if you come here, I'm going to make sure that you have a colonoscopy By age 45, I'm going to start giving it to you. If you don't get it, it's just because you didn't follow instructions. Um, We also do the PSA, which is in the prostate testing, and we start that again at age 40. Uh, So screening is very, very, very important. We do lab work, you know, check your blood sugar, uh, your lipid panel, you know, where you see where your cholesterol is and so forth and so on. It's just important to, to get these numbers out so we know where you're living at. I always say, know your numbers. And people say, what numbers? Well, the numbers are very important. Our high blood pressure, what is, what is a good blood pressure? It should be less than 140 over 90. Diabetes, you know, we need to know, are you a diabetic? Are you a pre-diabetic? No. You know, most people may not know. Mm. Uh, and so the key here is that a lot of people are undiagnosed and that's, you know, say, oh, uh, Billy Smith had, had a heart attack, you see, well, how did, why did he have a heart attack? Maybe he had high cholesterol, maybe he had high blood pressure, didn't know about it. Maybe he had a touch of diabetes, as they say, you know, and, and didn't get in to get checked out. You know, he might have had some symptoms, but never had a chance to see a physician to say, hey, I get short of breath when I climb these steps, mm-hmm. and I wasn't in short of breath before. So this is new. So if you had an internist that you can confide in, you, you pick up that phone. Hey, I'm, I'm having this, this, such and such. And then I would send you, for example, to the physician, next physician, which would be a cardiologist to do, make sure I do a stress test. And if you do have a heart disease, we shake it out.
0: Let, let me ask you, the, is there, how is the connect between what the doctor wants you to do and time, you say you say want to, to do these tests. And the insurance companies, when they say, wait a minute, Noel, you're doing maybe too
1: many tests. Oh, there's no such thing. Okay. Never. No, no, that's, 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 uh, that's a myth. Any, uh, I get any and everything I want. As okay. far as uh, ordering the tests, mm-hmm. but you got to, you know, it's all about documentation. If the patient comes in with a certain uh, symptom, you know, the symptom is what dictates the next move. Okay. You know, you're having, you know, chest pain or even if you're having stomach pain that parallels maybe in your heart area and so forth. There's a lot of atypical symptoms for mm-hmm. heart disease. It don't have to be just pure chest pain, it could be shortness of breath, you could be sweating, you could have some nausea, or what you think is stomach pain, or it could be arm pain, it could be neck pain, it could mm-hmm. be into your jaw pain, etc. Mm-hmm. So you need a world-class internist to pick this stuff up,
0: and mm-hmm. so it
1: can put you, you know, ahead of, of the game when it comes to your, your risk factors. Right. It's all about risk factor modification. You're born with what you came in with, but, you know, can, we can fix what? We can, I can fix your cholesterol. I can tell you to stop smoking, you know, saying if you got diabetes, I can control that. Mm-hmm. If you got high cholesterol, we can control that. If you got weight, we can work with that. One thing we can not control, which is very, very, very important in our people, is what we're born with. And it's ge- g- genetics, that mm-hmm. DNA, mm-hmm. And that DNA, and that's what most of the high blood pressure and diabetes come from. It's from DNA. Oh yeah, it's from your, that's it's right, it's, your, mm-hmm. your, it's your genetics. Right in a word, genetics. That's mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. So,
0: is it? Is it a few other things you? Yep. If there's a few anything else you think in front of you want to point out to us while we're there, is is there? How how is it with African American women as far as? And now I don't think we touched on that, as far as coming in and having mammograms and doing the things that they need to do versus African American men. Is it greater, lesser?
1: Well, I mean, it still depends on the uh, motivation. You got to be a good motivator. In in this uh, in this form we operate from, you almost got to be a social worker. You got to be a psychiatrist. You got to hold a hand. <laughs> oh, I didn't get the medicine because medicine went up. Uh, oh, I ran out of medicine. I didn't know I was still supposed to be taking it. I mean, you get a lot of crazy stuff, but you know, you have to. That's what the Follow-up is so important, you know, we don't see somebody and say, I see you next year. Mm-hmm. If you've got high blood pressure and your sugar's high, I need to see you in, in two weeks to make sure that uh, this blood pressure is controlled. Mm-hmm. If it ain't controlled then, I need to see you in another two weeks mm-hmm. until it's controlled. Right. Uh, words I'm putting on a full court press to get whatever problem that's in front of me controlled or taken care of. Mm-hmm.
0: Make sure that the medicine that you are prescribing is working. That's one. It is
1: working and there's no side effects. That's what some people, they give you the medicine and say, here, just take it. So very, very important. And that's what that relationship, this thing called therapeutic inertia. We see it all the time. I mean, the doctor sees the patient over and over again and they leave with the same problem they came in with. Plus, still elevated. Mm-hmm. And they come back, oh, I see you in six months. Well, how are you going to see you in six months and your pressure out of control? You know, what they, the patient may come in and say, oh, I was rushing. You know, I say, you know, once I got you in control, you can rush and get as excited, as happy uh, as you want. Mm-hmm. Your pressure's still going to be controlled. Mm-hmm. If I got you under control, I got you under control. So that's more myth than anything else mm-hmm. it is blood is related. You know, of course, if you get super excited, you, you might push it up a few points. But in general, if I got you under control on an adequate regimen, you can get as excited as you want. That pressure will be fine. What is
0: what is the problem here? With uh, we talking about, we seeing side effects because yes. a lot of people always. That's that's mm-hmm. a that's a thing with people.
1: Oh, it's huge. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they the read them side make...
0: effects. They go on Google and read them side effects.
1: They read the side effects <laughs> before, they, before they take the medicine. Yet, still, the, the young lady was talking about side effects today and she's smoking. I'm saying, you worry about side effects, you're killing yourself. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you're one of the few people in the world still smoking. You know yeah. what I mean? It's written on every every box. The Surgeon General has determined that cigarette smoking is dangerous to your health, Mm -hmm. et cetera. You still do it. Now you're worried about a side effect on something you haven't even taken yet. Right. And where we know the fact of the matter is if you keep that blood pressure up, you're going to have a stroke or a heart attack or a kidney failure at some point in time. Maybe not now, but in the future if you don't control it. Right. So we want to control controllable factors. This is what we do. Right. We want to modify modifiable factors, and that's done with... A relationship and, and it's, it's 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 a collaboration between me or the, uh, the internist and the patient, so to speak, um, so we can get past this thing of therapeutic inertia where we're not really moving, we're not making things happen. We want good results, we want effective results, mm-hmm. and we want to and we want to make it reasonably quick. I had a gentleman, for example, that was referred to me from another system, would uh, would say he had a huge hernia and he needed to get it fixed et cetera. And they were talking about, okay, we could, we'll we do this in a month from now. And, uh, you know, we, we was able to see the guy and by the end of the week, he had a surgery done. Mm-hmm. I mean, so it's about access, getting access, knowing who, who knows who, who to put you in the hands of, who to send you to and when, mm-hmm. et cetera. So that comes with, you know, knowing the territory. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, everybody you know, everybody got their own space. Medicine's in my space, you know. Yeah. So we can get you better sooner. That's that's what we think we, we put on this earth for. Yeah.
0: Now, I, now one of the things you can't, you brought up, mm-hmm. I want to go back to, as you said, that a lot of times doctors don't want to talk to people.
1: Right. They don't want people to ask them questions. Don't ask them questions.
0: And I remember uh, uh, when I was in East Tennessee, the family doctor, he was a friend, but he was also a family doctor, Dr. Davison. Who, just, who was happening to be an African-American doctor, he said, well, let, let me say this. He said, uh, some doctors, he said, mm-hmm. "He said I don't know what it is. He said, it's mm-hmm. ego. Yes. You know what I mean? He said,
1: mm-hmm. that's true.
0: He said, and they don't mm-hmm. respond well. And he said, no, I ain't got." Any. He said, "I don't no. know what that is. He yeah. said, but that's just what it is. And he helped. He was a lot. And that was one of the reasons that I started looking and listening to him and, you know, and said, well, you got to find something.
1: Trust. Yeah, yeah, you know? they don't like to be challenged. They, they usually at the top of the class, and they, they, you know, they a lot of them are in, almost in a sense dictatorial, unfortunately. And um, there are a lot that uh, you know collaborate, and, and it should be a two-way street. And, um, and but that's why a lot of people don't open up to them because they just give them uh, the medicine in a dictatorial sense and say, here, take this. And they say, well, it's cost too much. Well, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just a prescriber, you know, whereas I would say, okay, let's go online. <laughs> Let me call the pharmacist. Let me give you a card. Um, okay, that's expensive. Let's get a generic equivalent that costs you $280. Okay, I got another one that's going to cost you five, you know, so, yeah. you know, you got to yep. take that extra time. You know, this is how we were taught, you know, as we were growing up, you know, we're here to help. You're here to serve. It may take a little more time, but you're going to call that patient. I'm going to call you back. You call me tonight or call me during the day Uh, as a a patient of mine, for example, I'm going to call you back. I'm not going to have a nurse call you back. I'll call you back myself. That way there's no misinformation in between. You know, that... uh, that process we used to do as kids, you know, where they whisper something in your ear and it goes all the way down the line. Right. It's never the same at the end. Right. You see what I'm saying? Right. So I cut that out. Misinformation is the killer. Even patients in the hospital now. I mean, I may go up there and they say, yeah, he said I had a heart attack. I say, no, your enzymes were negative. You did not have a heart attack. We wanted to rule out a heart attack. We ruled it out. Your heart is fine, et cetera. So clear up all of the the, the 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 gray noise. Get it out of there. You know. Yes, yes, sir.
0: We're here with Doctor Frederick D. Harris. This is W E B S. The E B Smith Project. This is Living the Blues, Blues and Culture. We we're talking a little bit. Just Doc, tell us a little bit about yourself. You said you were chair at the NAACP and some other Yeah, things the health in the committee.
1: Yeah, I'm am a chair of the health committee at the NAACP and you know, we do a health fairs and so forth. We run the health fair. Dr. Motlin has one at the Cleveland Clinic we do once a year. We also have one coming up. We do in September at uh, South Point uh, Men's Health for Men Only. And uh, those fairs are free. And um, we man a booth there. And you just come and ask whatever questions that you may have uh, during that period of time as well. mm mm-hmm. um, But yes, we uh, specialize in adult care. Our specialty specifically is high blood pressure. I've never seen a blood pressure I couldn't treat. Diabetes, I've never seen a a diabetic I couldn't fix. So uh, those are the major problems that we have. Of course, that leads to heart disease, kidney disease, strokes, and so forth. So prevention is the order of the day that we can prevent something we we do much better than we can trying to treat it after the fact, and so that's that's part of that, that whole structure there. I'm a section head at the Cleveland Clinic. I've been in practice for 30 years. Um, what do you mean by section head? Section head. This this section here, is Severance Internal Medicine, basically is Cleveland Heights, Cleveland Clinic, Cleveland Heights is, is the section of my section here. There's about 20 section heads in the, uh, in, the, in, the in our particular uh, department. And I'm one of them. And what we do, we meet and, and we enact you know, legislation on how the community care should roll out the different programs right. at the different sections. You have a section head at Independence, you got a section head in Twinsburg, you got a section head, you know, right. Stephanie Tubb Jones, for example, and so forth and so on. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're, That's we're, kind of like the supervisor of the area. So. Right. Yeah. I'm a supervisor here, but the. We're a little under man here. I have one PA with me. Uh, we have a full staff. Uh, we treat any and everything that comes in the door here. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been at the same spot for the 30 years since '89. The first 15 years I was in private practice before I came over to the clinic. I was, mm-hmm. I was in private practice, but I'm doing exactly the same thing I was doing before. They not change how I operated. You know they. Uh, like then the fact that this right. is what we do. Right. So if somebody wants
0: to um get in touch with you or become uh go or go to the health fair, what should they do? Is there a place they can go online?
1: Or- well yes, well we are here at five seven circle, uh, suite five oh five. Phone number's two one six two nine one five one five one. Uh that's been our number. Uh just call and make an appointment. I'm certainly backlogged. I've been practicing, again, as you can imagine, 30 years, so we have quite a following, uh, in the, one of the leaders in the field, uh, but we do have other physicians here, Doctor, uh, my PA, for example, Dr. Clark, Clark Jacobs, uh, she's a seasoned uh, specialist as well. She's been practicing for 25 years. So typically, we get a patient in to see her, maybe the first visit or two, and by that second or third visit, we, uh, they rotate her over to me, and that way they don't have to wait to get in to the right. practice, and we can start treating their blood pressure or their diabetes if things are out of control, or diagnose whatever problem they have. And that's probably our greatest gift is the uh, diagnostician, you know, if you come in with some kind of uh, myriad of symptoms that nobody knows what's going on. I think that's what we do best. That we we figure it out pretty soon, with, right. usually within the first one or two visits. Mm-hmm.
0: And as far as blood pressure and diabetes are concerned, I would be, I could say that you're one of the top.
1: It's no question. And it's
0: definitely in the city, one of the top in the country. Oh, in the
1: world. Yeah, I would yeah. say I would put myself against the world in terms of diabetes and hypertension. It's no right. question. Yeah. This is what we do. Yeah. I've never seen a blood pressure that I couldn't get down. Right. Yes, sir. Right.
0: So we're here with Dr. Harris and WEBS. This is the E.B. Smith Project. This is Living the Blues. This is Blues and Culture. And we hope you've enjoyed the show.